From Finance and Commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. Above all, it's a show about what's next, creativity, and the innovation and technology that are changing how we work and shaping the future of business throughout our state. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers who may challenge the status quo, but also make their dreams a reality. I'm Joel Shetler, your host and editor of Finance and Commerce, Minnesota's oldest business newspaper and online publication. Thanks so much for joining me. As Baker Tilly's newest partner, Russ Fleming brings nearly three decades of experience to the Minneapolis-based accounting services firm and its construction and real estate clients. Fleming heads up Baker Tilly's construction and real estate group. He rejoined Baker Tilly two years ago after a six-year run in a similar role with the company's Detroit office. Among other duties, Fleming works with construction and real estate clients on services related to low-income housing tax credits, historic tax credits, Section 42 requirements, contract compliance, mergers and acquisitions, litigation support, and more. I'm a partner with Baker Tilly uh, in our construction real estate team. Uh, my practice, uh, I've been in bit in public practice coming on. This will be my 29th busy season, I guess, with the 2021 busy season uh, coming coming upon us. Um, I've predominantly always been on the audit side. Uh, have done uh, some tax work in my background, but predominantly have always been on the audit side mm-hmm. uh, in my career. Uh, so I have uh, a couple different hats uh, I wear with the firm. Um, I do um, a lot of our uh, multifamily housing and affordable housing practice. I, I'm part of the co-leadership of the firm there, uh, firm-wide. I'm mm-hmm. also a co-leader of our construction, construction audit risk practice. Uh, so more so uh, specific contract auditing, um, working for clients who are actually constructing uh, buildings and infrastructure, um, as well as I also then have uh, a, a portion of my client base is also then in the traditional construction space. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you've been doing this for a long time. and uh, long time. How long have you been, been with Baker Tilly now? So I've been with Baker Tilly uh, combined uh, with the firm for 11 years. Um, I did uh, take a, a sabbatical from the firm for a while and returned. Uh, but during my tenure with the firm, um, I uh, actually was our uh, team leader in our Detroit office for four years in our construction real estate practice, uh, returned to the Twin Cities and uh, have, have just come back to the firm as part of our team here uh, back in the Twin Cities office. Okay. And how long have you been back in the Twin Cities now? Uh, uh, personally back in the Twin Cities now for, uh, for eight years, but again, returning two of them back with Baker Tilly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about just, um, what you're seeing now in, your, in terms of your workload, what's keeping you busy these days? So, uh, surprisingly, uh, both in our team and, and the firm, I mean, uh, COVID is actually keeping us quite busy with the, the PPP product. Uh, things of that nature, but our, our our construction developers and especially our multifamily housing uh, team has continued to stay extremely busy. I mean, still the need for affordable housing is still out there. I mean, that really hasn't changed. In fact, actually, there's probably a greater need now more than ever, um, both at kind of the affordable space as well as senior living space. 
um, as well as, uh, you know, senior living for, for uh, health and medical uh, long, long-term care and those things of that nature. Um, right now, you ask kind of our, our litmus tests of, of the construction space. Um, a lot of our contractors, uh, while they're slowing, they still have backlog. Um, nothing has really, um, from that perspective, our clients still have work. Uh, they are slowing. I think the, the larger fear is kind of what what's on the forefront. They've been still burning off a lot of their kind of pre-COVID backlog of contracts that were already established. Uh, some have been deferred, uh, but we're very interested to see kind of as we're about to go into a lot of our year-end planning and year-end work, what, what is kind of the calendar 21 and 22 backlog look like for these folks uh, going forward? Um, you know, especially the different sectors. I mean, we continue to see uh, heavy highway and things of that nature is always robust here in the Twin Cities. I mean, I think it's just the, the nature of the beast with the bonding bills if we continue to get passed by the legislature. Um, commercial real estate is obviously of concern to us. Uh, just, you know, we're seeing a lot of just kind of general changes from our clients and, you know, even kind of the business community as a whole as to what 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 is going to be the need kind of for that office product going forward. Um you know, even too for our clients that obviously have infrastructure around uh, manufacturing uh, components and so forth. Again, is the need for that office suite as important anymore as as again just kind of having the manufacturing line and 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 the like? So we're definitely seeing you know different considerations around use of space. A lot more dialogue around it than actual action in, in light of the current environment. But uh, definitely, I think. Uh, we'll see changes in, in the expectations of the use of property uh, in the future. Yeah, and, and you mentioned you had been in the Detroit office, and I'm sure yes. Baker Tilly has a, a, a national presence. Do you have a sense of how the Twin Cities or Minnesota are doing compared to other parts of the country? You know, in t- I mean, actually, uh, you know, Brian, sure, as maybe Anna shared with you, we do have... Uh, uh, we, we effective, effective, actually Monday morning, we're no longer the Western beachhead of the firm says we'll now have offices on the entire West coast, uh, throughout California. Uh, but you know, again, that kind of the different markets, I mean, we're seeing, um, like in our New York's New York office is much slower in the real estate space. Uh, Detroit is the same way. I think we've been still pretty lucky. I mean, Minneapolis and the twin cities have always been pretty, fortunate given the med tech space here that kind of continues to be the continual engine generator of, of work. Um, I was in Detroit back in, in 2008 to 2012, uh, as you may recall, uh, when Chrysler and GM went bankrupt. And uh, at that point in time, basically the entire economy stopped there. And uh, it's it, talking to some of my friends still there, you know, similar because obviously the autos have extremely slowed down uh, during the pandemic. So kind of a similar thing. It's definitely been a quieter economy uh, in the Detroit, in the Detroit market. Mm. Yeah. I wonder if you could back up a little bit and just talk personally about uh, what, what your background is uh, and and what drew you to this industry. Yeah. So uh, I was always fortunate. Uh, My father uh, is, is a retired CPA. So he also grew up uh, as a young man in, in the Chicago area, it's where I actually grew up as a kid in the building trades. And uh, he went to school and, and became, became a public accountant ultimately. And that's, that was his practice. So I uh, have always grown up around contractors. A lot of my family friends were contractors, a lot of dad's client base. And so 
Um, actually had the pleasure when I was uh, a teenager, probably probably my junior year, if I recall, um, one summer morning, and it was a rainy, rainy morning. And um, I, I think it was more my probably my mom wanted me out of the house than than, than really my dad showing me what he did. But um, uh, we put on our we were uh, duck hunting duck hunting family, so put on put on the waders, put on the, the duck clothes, and out to the job site we went. And uh, it was a um, water and sewer contractor uh, client of my father's, and it'd been in heavy deluging rain for pretty much the past day or so. And one of their coffer coffer pits where they were digging to lay sewer pipe had all had filled up, and uh, you could see the sides were crumbling. And my my dad asked me a simple question. He's like, "So what do you see there?" And I'm sure I gave my father as a teenager some disrespectful remark back. Uh, but but more so his comment back, he goes, you need to understand that's lost revenue to, to that contractor. They're going to have to pump out that pit. They're probably going to have to reseal the pipe. They might have to replace it. And, you know, sure enough, we went into the trailer and that's exactly what the conversation was at, you know, six in the morning with my dad's clients. And from that point in time, I, I was just generally hooked. And then so I worked with my father then um, on and off uh, during during college and, and through especially through my junior year. Because uh, I, I did go to the University of Minnesota, I came up here to go to school, and uh, and yeah, pretty much pretty much when I graduated and got into public practice, uh, that's really where I directed my career. Um, I have in my career though, I have done manufacturing, I have done my stint of SEC. I mean, when you first start out, obviously, uh, you can't get everything you want, so you you know you get rounded by the organization you're working for. But I've always had a passion around construction that way. Well, that must be helpful to be able to deal with your clients in that way. You you, you speak their language and you you know what they're. Well, you, well you 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 understand what they face. I think that's the key. Is is you know a lot of times. I mean, every little aspect of the economy affects them. Whether um, contractors are always affected by weather. Contractors. I mean, the borrowing rate of money. I mean, if they're especially if they're self-funding through the majority of the project. You know, what's kind of their level of retainage of the holdback if they're a subcontractor versus the general um, material prices. I mean, you know, when the price of steel goes up and they're bidding at a fixed rate contract, um, they're losing money but on certain things before they even start. Um, if unexpectedly they hit uh, environmental issues. I mean, so, and whether it's, whether it's a contractor or, or a developer for that standpoint, I mean, it's, you know, you're facing the same thing. Uh, and as the developer, you're now dealing with the fact the contractors identified these issues. Now, what do I do? And so it, it, it's very, it's a very in tandem uh, relationship uh, on that spectrum. Yeah. So, so you know, you, you think about what this past summer has been, the price of fuel has been really low. So our road contractors are, are, are happy as all get out because they, they can run heavy equipment all day long. And it's just like, it's a, it's a win. It's just every, every day is a win. So, uh, so yeah, so it really just depends the sort of industry you're in. Are you very he heavy labor, um, with COVID obviously it's really changed the job sites this year because we've had, a. um, while our clients have, they've all been essential workers, um, they still have to have the appropriate protocols. I mean, I've got a, a masonry contractor was his site supervisors, uh, contracted the virus. It shut the whole site down for two weeks. Mm. So, you know, it's really, it's just a different animal, uh, than it historically has been. Yeah. You, you said you do a lot of work in the area of audits and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Can you give an example of that and how that might look in terms of, um, it doesn't have to be a real world example, but what what kind of problem a contractor might 
present to you and, and how you can help them? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, a lot of the things that we see as a firm, I mean, if a contractor, uh, a, a, like their, their job cost system, perhaps, uh, properly, properly during their, they're capturing all their costs to make, and as well as the ability to make obviously their profit margin. I mean, those, that's one of the th- services we can help them kind of their modeling around their job cost system, uh, versus it just being the materials. Like what about, what about consideration of the rest, um, and, and the challenges they're facing and, and what, you know, they can't be, they can't be fluctuating their rates all the time. I mean, obviously if I, execute a contract with you as, as a, the third party, that's, that's my contract. And most of, most of the contracts are fixed in nature. And while there is some flexibility at times to um, get change orders, as it were, a, a, typically a buyer is not going to, not going to give me the consideration around, oh, well, you know, the rates went up, you know, I'm bearing you as an owner are bearing rates differently as well. So, you know, that, that's my burden to bear. So it's, um, Definitely, um, you know, things that we help clients with kind of that risk profile. Uh, another, another real key area is technology. I mean, this day and age, you know, our contractors need to be on the forefront of technology, just like, just like any other financial industry or the like. So different ways of looking even through, we're seeing our contractors using GS. I mean, for, for, for those type of things, um, even, you know, direct reporting out in the field, right. You know, right on your, you know, your, your phone or your iPad, things of that technology platform. And our firm can help, help uh, with, with those type of applications and, and tracking. Um, so, you know, we're, we're seeing, being the auditor, you know, I, I, I joke with my team members, but it, there is some truth to it. We're, we're the historians of the year. I mean, you know, what, what we're reporting typically, it's, it's happened. I mean, we obviously need to make sure it's accurate and following the appropriate accounting standards and the like, but, you know, our clients are really looking for us, you know, with the, the next step. It's okay, you know, what, what, what should we be doing with financing? How should we be doing operating? Because, you know, a lot of the smaller contractors as well, you know, they, they, they're not a type of an organization, uh, you know, say to a, a large national company that they've got different departments for operations, HR, um, all those things. So, I mean, they're looking to us as kind of their, that call of what do I do uh, in that sense? And while I may not have all those answers, uh, Ann and I are very fortunate. We work for an organization that has a robust suite of services that we can really help our clients across all the spectrums on a national basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the other thing too, I mean, a lot of our contractors, um, they're moving into that next generation. I mean, so a generational transfer and, mm-hmm. um, you know, perhaps with the election, there's a lot of focus here in the next, next business week, frankly, of what, what may happen uh, if there is a transition in the White House and what's going to happen with the gift taxing. And, and so that's affecting a lot of our contractors. You know, they've built up a lot of wealth uh, over, over the generations. And now, you know, what, what is that for the next generation then to, to carry forward. So we're having a lot of those dialogues as well, just beyond, again, the traditional compliance work of audit and tax reporting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you work with uh, contractors of all sizes, it sounds like, is that right? Correct. Yeah, correct. Yep. Our, and, and really our firm um, across our platform, we've got uh, right now in the firm that's about to change the numerics are about to change next week, but we've got about 600 professionals firm wide as, as our firm currently stands today. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, and I, I suspect I suspect it'll go up by another couple hundred personnel uh, as of next week uh, in the construction real estate space once we do our the Squire Milner merger. 
Um, but, but really, yeah, we, we do everything from kind of your mom and pop startup type subcontractor. Uh, we've worked on up to, up to your large generals. And then, and like I also shared, we also do a, a lot of large, um, kind of specific contract project auditing. So, uh, you, you know, large sports venue type environments or, uh, airports or, or again, large, corporate entities that are building a new manufacturing facility. So, you know, those contracts alone can be, you know, anywhere from 500 million to a, a, a billion and a half. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. So those, that's could be just specific project work um, around that audit function as well. Yeah. Russ, on the contractor side, would it mm -hmm. be fair to say that um, a significant portion of our client base is kind of that middle market. It's, it is. Yeah. It's family, cl closely, held. closely held. Yeah. And the majority of our firm, yeah. In, in our contractor space is closely held. We do have some uh, publicly traded REITs in, in the space that again, have real estate and construction embedded inside of the REIT. Um, but, but yeah, most of our contractors, as Ann, as Ann pointed out, are, are that, that family owned type environment, again, multi-generational um, holdings by a, by a family. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, are you involved in uh, any industry associations or anything of that nature? Um, you know, I uh, during my career, I've kind of come in and out of them. I mean, I've been involved in the CFMA, the Subcontractors Association, the Association of General Contractors. Um, you know, I also just kind of personally, I, I, I really enjoy being a volunteer for Habitat for Humanity and uh you know things of that nature so mm -hmm. um and and you know i also i i i really one of the things i just it's, it's a personal um passion of mine is developing my personnel so and and kind of grooming and bringing on uh young staff members in the firm so um i'm actually on the accounting advisory board to hamlin university as well as i'm on the um I, i'm actually on the executive committee i'm the executive treasurer of the Century College Foundation Board. So uh, again, just kind of nurturing and growing young talent for the staff or young talent for our firm, excuse me, just really kind of one of my passions growing our people. Is that a challenge for your industry as well? There's always talk about- Very, very much. Trades that yeah, very much. You know, we, we we're fortunate. We, we really are blessed to retain or to attract, excuse me, some of the best and the brightest, but there's kind of, you've got that gap. We've got this kind of that gap with that five to five to about 10 year person that, that individual, you know, they're kind of, they've gotten established in their career. Do they really kind of decide to, Hey, I want to go into public or, or, or do something else. And um, you know, they, we have, we have plenty of opportunities in the firm, but it, it, it's, it, it's a, a it's a industry wide issue. You get that those individuals are being, solicited for controllerships or other, other opportunities. But, um, but, you know, we've got, we really are very fortunate. We really have some really bright people that work for our firm. Great. Well, it's been great chatting with you. Do you have anything else before I let you go or? You know, I mean, I mean, maybe I, I'm not sure how familiar you are, you know, with Baker Tilly as a whole. I mean, obviously, you know, and, uh, and you have chatted, but, you know, I think too, just, you know, from a diversity of, of our organization across the country, our suite of services really range from anything from like, kind of say technology, we have HR, construction, manufacturing, 
distribution, financial institution. Um, we really, really serve every and all sector. You know, we do public company work, closely held businesses, uh, technology, as I mentioned, internal nonprofit. audit, but search and staffing. So, um, so we really, you know, we really do bring a robust uh, suite of services to our clients. And with the merger effective uh, Monday, we will, we will be the 10th largest firm in the country now. So um, we're very, very proud to be um, cracking into the top 10. So it's a very exciting time for the organization and, um, you know, for what, for us as the partner group, but also the opportunities we really feel we can bring to our staff. It really changes. We really feel it's a game changer. Well, well, congratulations on your new role with Baker Tilly and, and good luck to you and all your team. Thank you so much for your time, Brian. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to Beyond the Skyline. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcasts. To learn more about finance and commerce or to subscribe, go to our website, www.finance-commerce.com. I'm Joel Shetler, Editor of Finance and Commerce. Thank you again for listening to Beyond the Skyline.